Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode seven. Lucky number seven. Here we are, week of March 14th, 2022. Some beautiful weather outside, finally, after hopefully our last snowfall of the year. And when that happens, we get to St. Patty's Day. We know it's time for March Madness. And we have a resident March Madness expert with us. Of course, by the way, this is ABC on Pittsburgh Sports. I got carried away with the weather there, but uh, you got Michael Andonisio, Tom Bradley, and Mark Clemente here. And Michael is definitely our resident college basketball expert. So Michael's going to carry this segment for us because, Tommy, I think between you and I, we may have watched one game this year. Yeah, let me start off by asking Michael a question. Why do you live in this city? I mean, what happened? I mean, I, I met your dad, so I kind of know this, but I mean, in general, you don't like any Pittsburgh teams. You like college basketball, which doesn't exist in this town. You like the NBA, which doesn't exist in this town. I really think that in Tampa Bay, it's your favorite football team. So, and and, and for he everybody like listening, hockey. that's not a front runner move. That wasn't a no, Tom no. Brady got traded there. No, no, he was there when they lost every James Wilder day. days. They were, yeah, they were the original team. Vincenzo. Uh, uh, and it's 38 yeah, interceptions yeah, as rookie I really feel like you you were just born in the wrong city, my friend. And I, we've been friends for a long time, and I felt that way for a long time. Yeah, I, I'm sort of misplaced here in this city. Um, yeah, I grew up, obviously, not a Steeler fan. I didn't understand that that rule was I was born here, which makes me automatically have to like the team that's here. I'm more – I don't have anything against the Steelers. As, I, you know, I'm not like a hater. I more hate their fans, like 98% of them are – you know, just completely stupid. And so I think that's where my frustration comes with the Steelers. But no, I never liked the Steelers. And yes, uh, college basketball is my thing. And uh, I know I'm in the minority in this city, but uh, this is Christmas for me, man. This is, I mean, I don't remember. Mark, do it's you your remember, favorite time of the year. Do you remember the last time I worked on a Thursday no, and Friday of the, of the tournament? I, mean, I know most people celebrate Christmas in December. No. I don't. Mine is in the this middle of This is true. March. He didn't take any days off over Christmas. No. No, this, matter of fact, you may have worked on Christmas. This, this is it for me. But, Tomorrow's yeah. my last day of work, and then um, I can get into the basketball frenzy that I usually get into every year. Um, we are going to start out with the uh, March Madness tournament coming up here. Uh, we got the play-in games tonight and tomorrow, and then and, and the everybody starts. pay attention to this because if you're trying to make some money in a pool, Michael's going to help you here. So pay attention. Well, I, I never seem to make myself any money. I'm, I'm you know, I listen. I, I know some stuff, but uh, I think I maybe I overthink it sometimes. Uh, the way I'm going to start this out, and I'm just going to give a quick. Uh, there's a obviously 64, 68 teams, and then you know 64. If you're looking at it by you know quadrants, you know the east, mm -hmm. the south, you know, I'm going to go by conference. And for me, watching as much college basketball as I've watched this year, uh, the SEC, and I never thought in my lifetime I would ever say this, but the SEC is the best conference from top to bottom. Um, they are loaded with talent. And we've seen – we've talked about mm -hmm. it. We've seen what they've done with their football money. They've thrown it at big-name coaches to come in and coach their programs. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's only so much they can do with the football locker rooms and how many mm -hmm. different right. uniforms they can use. So they started allocating money to the basketball programs. Now, not only are they the best football, but they're the best basketball conference in America. And if I had to go second, it was a toss-up for a while, but – I don't know. I, I guess over the weekend, I just fell in love with the Big Ten. I would say the Big Ten is second, and then I would go with the um, Pac-12. No, no. The, uh, I, I would go with the the Big Twelve. Okay. Um, Interesting. I, the, the Big Twelve, the Pac, the Pac-12 is top heavy. Top heavy. You yeah. got you got Arizona, mm -hmm. you got UCLA, mm -hmm. and you got USC. 
and the rest of that rest of that conference is garbage. Nothing to say about the ACC. I can't believe that I know. Notre Dame. Unbelievable. I can't believe Notre Dame got into the tournament. Um, I thought it should have been Texas Tech, or, or I'm sorry, Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. But they took Notre Dame as a, one of the play-in teams. Um, if you're looking at the one seeds, I don't know how many people have seen Gonzaga play, but they got a freshman there. His name's Chet Holmgren. He's the white Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, he's seven foot. He's skilled like a guard, and he's a rim protector. And if, if this is one year, I think Gonzaga. I know they've gotten that, over the hump. They've gone to the Final Four. They've gone to the. You know, they had Jalen Suggs mm-hmm. last year. He he left. Obviously, they're not backcourt heavy, but they got Drew Timmy and they got mm-hmm. Chet Holmgren, and then uh, Nebhart is the point guard now for Jalen Suggs. Gonzaga is really strong, and then my personal favorite, and this is my national champion, uh, the Arizona Wildcats. It's been since 1997 that a team from the West Coast has won an NCAA tournament. I think this is going to be the year. Um, Arizona has a second-team All-American in uh, Ben Matherin. Uh, he's going to be a lottery pick next year. Uh, they got a Lithuanian, and I'm terrible <laughs> pronouncing names, but uh, Azulis Tubulus, seven-footer. Sounds right. Uh, it might be right. It might not be. And then they got a center, uh, Christian Coloco, two seven footers in their lineup. Arizona moves the ball well. They got a new coach there this year. Obviously, taking over for the mess that Sean Miller. Miller. They're thirty and three. Um, they had no bad losses. The only losses they had: Tennessee, UCLA, and Colorado. Colorado might have been the one that was mm-hmm. a fringe right. loss. Um, Baylor, guard heavy. They got uh, Flagler, Crier, and uh, Aquino. All three guys average about 10 to 12 points a game. Baylor, for me, that being – I think they're really, really strong this year. I don't think you're going to see any super surprises in the Final Four. You might see some upsets early in this tournament, but I, I think you're going to see a lot of the one and two seeds. We're going to go chalk. Yeah, we're going to go chalk as we get mm-hmm. to the Sweet 16. Mm-hmm. You're not going to see a Loyola, Chicago. Um And then, obviously, Kansas. I love Kansas. I didn't pick them, but – um Kansas is a team. They got uh, Ochai Abaje, and I might be saying that wrong. He's another All-American. They got three guys in the backcourt, Jalen Wilson, him, and Christian Braun. Um, All three are over 6'6". All three can handle the ball. They can play any style you want. You want to slow it down like Texas Tech did to them. Texas Tech Mm -hmm. has a very, very good team and a very good defensive team. They can play slow. You want to play fast. They can score in the 80s. Um, and then I got a sleeper team if anybody's looking. Well, I got two sleeper teams. Okay. And then we'll get to our three picks. Yeah. Watch out for Memphis. They got a freshman there, Jalen Duran. He's a mm. six foot nine center. The guy averages almost three blocks a game, and he averages almost a double-double. I know that's not one of your power conferences, but I think Penny Hardaway, this team, they lost a bunch of games in the middle of the season. That's a team. And um, I'm bullish on Iowa. I don't know if you've seen Iowa play. They got mm-hmm. twin they, twin brothers, and when I say twins, literally twins, like they both have the same haircut, they <laughs> both look the same, and I had to figure out which number was which. Uh, Keegan Murray was a first-team All-American. Mm-hmm. He averaged 23 points and nine rebounds a game this year, and he blew it up in the, in the Big Ten tournament. I think a team to win this thing or keep advancing, you got to have that one guy that you know. We've seen it year over yes, year. You, can, if, you, you get it, that one guy that can carry you in the tournament. You, you can see it year over year. Um, and there's some other teams out there, Kentucky. Um, I still like UCLA. 
they're a veteran team. They were in the finals mm-hmm. last year. They have uh, Johnny uh, Juzang. They got uh, Jaime Yaquez, and uh, they got Tiger Campbell, who looks like Bob Marley. Okay. I love that dude's hair. I don't know how he washes it, but they're a very, very good team. Um, so let's get the you. Yep. I want to hear your guys' sure. picks, and then I'll go to mine. Well, we can just do um, just we, the final four. Final and then four. Your, yeah, your, yeah. Your we'll finals. go final four. Yeah, we're not giving. You know, we're not going to pick by pick. I have Gonzaga coming out of the West. I have uh, Kentucky coming out of the East. Really impressed with Kentucky this year. That's actually the one game I watched this year was was Kentucky. Um, it just seems like this is a different team. He has with 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 Coach Cal. It, it seems like he either gets team, you know, teams that completely buy in and they're going to make a run, or he gets a bunch of one and duns and they don't buy in. They're worried about their draft status and, and they get bounced early. I think this is this is one of those special teams that he has there. And he got the big guy inside, man. yeah, that's oh, Tashibwe. Tish- yeah, I mean, he's averaging eighteen and fifteen. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's fifteen rebounds a game. Yeah. That's that's hard. He's to a do. beast, and he's a shot blocker. You all, I, I feel like when you get in this tournament, you either have to have a, an elite score mm-hmm. or rim protectors. And he's like a, you said, yeah. Kentucky has a rim protector. And then you already mentioned them, and I, uh, Kansas, coming out of the Midwest, and sort of a, my like, surprise uh, is Tennessee coming out of the South. I have them pulling the upside over. Yeah, exactly. Yep. What do you got in the final? So, see, I listen. If nothing else, I listen. So, Michael and I have been talking college basketball. It doesn't mean I've been watching it, but we've been talking an awful lot. And he's been talking about the SEC. You're the the only one that'll listen. That's why I I listen to you about it. Because I know when it comes to college basketball, you know what the hell you're talking about. And you've been talking up the SEC all year. I've been following along. I'll go to ESPN or whatever I have. And I, I like UT uh, pulling the upset in that bracket coming out of the South. It'd be so, nice to see Rick Barnes get Rick Barnes, yeah. Four. He's mm-hmm. had some good teams. He's been around, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So to recap, I have Tennessee, Kansas, Kentucky, and Gonzaga. Who do you got in the final? Then I have Kentucky going up against Kansas with Kansas winning it all. So you got a two and a one in two the and finals, one. and then mm-hmm. you got the number one seed, Kansas, winning, winning it all. all. Yep. Right. Solid. Tommy? Well, I, uh, I'm, I'm similar to Mark. Um, my final four is I've got uh, Gonzaga, uh, Purdue, which is my mm. upset team. Um, I've watched them play a couple times this year. I haven't watched a lot of basketball. Local um, kid on that team, by the but, way. Uh, but I really like the way they play the game. Oh, uh, Ethan the kid, Horton. Ethan Horton from yeah. Butler. Yeah, yeah Pitt mm-hmm. tried to get him. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen Purdue play, they got a great garden. Jaden Ivey. Yeah. I mean, this kid is dynamic with the basketball. Um, and then I've got uh, Villanova and Kansas as my final four with Kansas and the Zags playing the mm. championship and Kansas winning it. So, and Tommy and I didn't uh, – we did not look no, at each other's brackets no. so that we both came up with Kansas on our own. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Kansas is just – you know, that's one of those teams that almost every year you, they mm-hmm. got a shot to uh, – Great coach. Yeah. Bill Self knows Bill, how to yeah. coach in the yep. tournament. Yep. Yep. So, he and Izzo. Those two, when I think of the NCAA tournament, it's Self and Izzo. Yeah. And so, no, I didn't mention K. We'll no. see. Uh, we'll be some bragging rights on the right. line again. <laughs> these uh, these so. are our pools of integrity. This is, <laughs> right. We're not filling out five brackets and mixing and matching. This is it. This, so yep. what you hear today, we'll, we'll know in about three weeks. You know who was who was right. It usually isn't me, the guy that watches all the games. <laughs> uh, my final four, a uh, little different than you guys. I wanted to pick Gonzaga, but I, I'm I'm bullish on Texas Tech. Okay. And the reason why is they they're top five in defense efficiency. Uh, this team can shut you down. Mm-hmm. Um, if one of those big guys from Gonzaga gets in, in foul trouble, Timmy or mm-hmm. Holmgren, um, I don't think their backcourt is strong enough. I don't think their 
they're scoring like they it's, did last year. It's balanced. So it's, I, yeah. I'm I, that's my my upset. Um, like you, I have Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, they, it, it was a. I watched the game against Tennessee on mm-hmm. Saturday, and they went like two for twenty three from three point line. I don't mm-hmm. think that's going to happen right. in the tournament. I mean, Tennessee had something to do with that, mm-hmm. but Kentucky was missing a ton of shots. So I have Kentucky. I have Arizona, who is mm-hmm. that's team, I, yeah. you know. So and if they lose early, you know, I'm sure I'm going to hear it. Uh, I just love I love the two big guys they got, um, and then obviously Ben Ben Matherin. I've been watching a lot of Pac-12 basketball. Um, I love Arizona, and then I got Iowa as my other Iowa. final. I just what, yeah. I, I, when you got a guy like Keegan Murray, mm-hmm. and and Iowa can shoot the basketball. I mean, they got guys uh, Bohannon. Um, I think uh, the, McCaffrey, the coach. I think has six sons playing on the team. I'm like, there's always a McCaffrey coming into the game. They all can play. They, Any relation to the McCaffrey football playing McCaffreys? Uh, no, 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 okay. no, no. Right. Um, Just the, you know cousins no. or something. So Iowa, and then in the finals, I got Kentucky and Arizona, and I have Arizona winning it all. Okay. So we'll see. Let the fun begin. We'll see what happens here starting tonight, actually. That's right, playing game, yeah. Playing games start tonight. So that's our college basketball uh, recap for the NCAA tournament. And in in subsequent episodes, we'll come back, we'll visit where we are, we'll give everybody an update on how our polls are standing. Tommy and I, who know absolutely crap compared to Michael, we'll see, uh, see how we do. So anyway, let's transition now to the Penguins. And this is where we're going to have Tommy come in and, and share with us. We're only a week away from the trade deadline at this point. And a lot of conflicting opinions. Hextall and Burke both saying that they feel pretty comfortable with the team that they have as currently constituted. Tommy, you and I are on record saying we, we totally disagree with that. So what are you hearing? What's the latest? What, what, what would you like them to do? And what are you hearing? What do you think well, they're going to do? What I was excited about since the last time, I mean, I spent a good majority of the last podcast uh, trashing Sullivan. <laughs> For you know this, the same twelve yep. guys and the same six D men playing all the time, and when you know the next game, and since then, obviously he listens to this. That's podcast what I was going to say. I think so. Yeah, he, of course yeah, he, he does. Yeah, he obviously took my advice, and since then has been playing. You know, pick a lineup out of a hat. Right. Since then, you know, right. scratching guys and dressing guys, and uh, you know, since since our last thing, Kapanen was a, was a healthy scratch. Pedersen was a healthy scratch. Um, so they're trying different things, but I think what they're doing is ultimately. I think they're setting up the deadline, and I think what you're looking at is you're seeing some some defensive combinations. That what does this lineup look like without Pedersen? You know, um, can we make Marino play mm-hmm. a little bit better? Put him with Dumoulin. You got the two hand, two human hernan- or hand grenades in Matheson and Latang <laughs> playing together, where there is I guarantee a three on zero coming against that line right. when those two are out there at some point. I mean, I I was at the game on Sunday and. And the game was literally eight seconds old. Matheson fell down. And there was a two-on-one the other way. So, um, But what I think they're seeing, I think they're experimenting and trying to see, you know, they gave Val- Valerie Pustinen a chance. Um, they sent him down after a game because he's a smallish. Uh, he's right, it was five, a matchup thing. He's that, only 5'9". Yeah. 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 When they're, they're, they're playing, they played Carolina on Sunday and, uh, and had a win, but they're a big bigger grinding mm-hmm. team so you put the horn in the lineup for that one right and now you're going on the road and that's the kind of stuff that i want to see from from them a little bit more is play the matchup game a little bit one mm-hmm. of my big pet peeves with sullivan is is the is the, the you know my line my team's on the ice whoever i put on the ice it doesn't matter i don't have to play the matchup game 
that can, you know, Malkin can always stay against Eric Stahl or Coutier, mm-hmm. whenever they play Philly. And Crosby last year against the Islanders over two series in a row always had to play against the Sezikis line mm-hmm. instead of China. While he's just better, you know, we want that matchup. Well, you know, sometimes it's okay to make it easy, a little easier on your guys. You know, you don't always have to play the matchup game. So um, I'm, I'm happy to see them, you know, uh, adjusting their lineup for their opponent. Um, you know, Sullivan on Sunday I thought was pretty good at getting the matchups that he wanted during the game. And I'm glad to see the lineup change. You get Pustin in a shot against a team that he played well. In. He played, played well. well. Um, and then they bring Zahorna up to play against a bigger team that I think he's going to eat one on the road with them for this week. They play Nashville and St. Louis, who are both big, mm-hmm. heavy physical teams. Um, and then they finish up this just trip with Arizona and then the deadline. Yeah, right. And uh, so it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, most everything that I've been reading and seeing looks like they're focused on a middle six wingers, which you and I mm-hmm. have talked about a lot that we think. I mean, I think their priority has to be getting a right winger for Malkin. I think if they can do that, then I think that the rest of everything will sort of fall into place. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think they have that guy. I think Kapanen, Rodriguez, um, maybe one of the kids can be the right wing mm-hmm. on the third They're- line. Uh, but they really need to upgrade that second line right wing. And who you? I mean, who do you think would be a good fit? Well, you know, deadline. It's weird. You know, I mean, the de- NHL deadlines, unlike any other deadline. Mm-hmm. I mean, the trades are just they're left and right. You know, mm-hmm. there is there's some and they come out of nowhere. Yeah, there's sometimes 60, 70 players that get traded on, mm-hmm. on trade yep. deadline day. And uh, so, I mean, you never know where these trades are going to come. But from everything I've seen, and 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 it's more about. Who's out there and, mm-hmm. and what teams are looking to do things? And two things, two teams you keep hearing about consistently are Anaheim mm-hmm. and Vancouver. Vancouver. Yeah. And um, one of the guys, being Anaheim was with the team, as much talk as there's been about Vancouver, Anaheim is a team that interests me because they had three guys that I thought could could finish off what we needed. Um, I still, we talked about, I'm still not crazy about their defensive core. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have liked them seeing them get a more physical defenseman, and that was Josh Manson from uh, Anaheim, yeah. who just got mm-hmm. traded to Colorado. Um, the return on that was a little interesting. It wasn't as much as some people had talked mm-hmm. about. It was a second-round pick and a prospect. But they've also got two other players, Rick Erg, Raquel, a right winger who could slot in perfectly mm-hmm. right along uh, Malkin's wing. Now, most everything, the chatter I've heard about Hextall, Hextall's not GMJR. Mm-hmm. I mean – when you were around Jim Rutherford, you knew what he had for breakfast. You knew what he had for dinner. I mean, he just told you there was Everything. no secrets. No, absolutely. He no played nothing to close to the best. No, nothing. No, if he had a bad day or didn't right. even have a good bathroom break in the morning, you knew about it as the day went along. Exol is completely different. So a lot of the stuff you hear is not inside the Penguins. It's more other teams mm-hmm. and who he's talking to. Um, everything I've heard that he's trying to do is he's trying to make a hockey trade. Where because they don't have a lot of cap room and he wants players that are going to be around. He's not really in the rental right. market. Um, so Raquel for for them is a guy uh, that is a rental. He's uh, thirty years old. He's been a he's been a mm-hmm. consistent goal scorer. He's a guy that can play right on Malka's right wing and and finish out the year. And somebody they may look to resign afterwards. And they also have a guy named Nicholas De Loray who was at one point. It was talked about last deadline as being traded. He's more of a grinding fourth liner. He'll fight the little bit of fighting that there is, but he's a big body, aggressive. So those are two players plus Manson. I was hoping for that something out of Anaheim, but they still the two forwards they still have Raquel and De La Rey. Um, Manson was dealt, 
And then, you know, you have the Vancouver. I mean, it's impossible to ignore the Vancouver talk um, uh, with, with GM JR that's there. We know JR loves Marino. Yeah, and Patrick Alvin. I mean, yeah. and, and, and Marino has been the one that is, has been the most talked about. Mm-hmm. That, that uh, They really want Marino. They'd settle for Pedersen, but they like them both. Um, and that's the one. That, the guy that interests me the most is Brock Bozer from, from Vancouver. He's a right winger. Um, he's not a rental. He's a he'd be a restricted a free years, agent, right. but he's got a big number that would have to be. Yeah, he's uh, in like four or eight now. Yeah, but he's got, he's a restricted free agent with a tender of seven point four million, which means you can tender him that, and mm-hmm. you guarantee that he stays. He can't go anywhere. Um, so he's a guy that's younger, fits the mold. He's a he's a little bit bigger. He could play on Malkin's right wing, and again, and he a, could help too if you lose Rust. If you don't re-sign Rust, uh, Brock Besser, he's a guy. He he just would slot right, very nicely. Absolutely, uh, absolutely, and he's yeah. six or seven years younger than him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other guy too is JT Miller, local boy. Local boy. I think if this guy was from Michigan, I don't think anybody in Pittsburgh would be talking mm-hmm. about him. I mean, he's a center by trade, but he, mm-hmm. he can also play the left wing. It's his preferred wing. It's just not a need for the Penguins. Mm-hmm. I just don't see them doing something as big that that would require. The other guy that I, I think has a shot uh, is a defenseman is Ben Sherratt of Montreal. He's a restricted, an unrestricted free agent, um, but he's a guy that plays a little sandpaper, mm-hmm. could add a little something to the defense. And I, I think what's going to happen is if there's a hockey trade, quote-unquote, it's going to come from their defensive core. So I think what mm-hmm. you could see is, for example, Bozer, one of the things I've seen uh, talked about is something to the effect of Kapanen, a defenseman, and a first-round mm-hmm. pick or something like for that. Him, for, yeah. And then I could see you know, them then trading for a defenseman, a, an unrestricted mm-hmm. free agent to, uh, to be defenseman, to plug in there as sort of uh, you know, to balance it out for the rest of the year. So um, I, there's, again— well, and i got to say, you know, speaking of defensemen, I don't know what you think, but I, I really like Mark Friedman. Here's a guy who's not afraid to mix it up. When you talk about sandpaper, he brings it. He has that famous quote that he always seems to pick out the biggest guy on the ice and go after him. He's not afraid. He's solid defensively. He has some good offensive instincts. And I think your point, once again, from when you first started talking about how they were shuffling the lineup and getting some new guys in, I think you're spot on. I think they wanted to see if Friedman could handle the workload and perform well. And I think he's acquitted himself very well, obviously, because they haven't taken him out of the lineup. No, and Friedman is just one of them classic hockey agitators. You know, I was at the game on Sunday and I was watching him. And every time the whistle blow, you know, he'd, he'd walk, skate by somebody and bump them or knock their stick away. Just being a, you know, just – Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Just, and and, and, and uh, it was Phil Bork on the radio this week that I heard was just a great line. He has a very punchable face. <laughs> He's just one of them guys that's got that smirk like, you know, you right. just want to walk up and you just mm-hmm. want to punch him in the face. And how long has it been since the Penguins had one of those guys? I right. mean, it seems like the, the Capitals have one and the Flyers have one every year. And I mean, it's been since probably Matt Cook since we had somebody that was just somebody that just, just an drives You're the right. other team absolutely. It throws insane. them off their game, and, draws penalties. Yeah, and everybody, you know, it, it, he's played. I think he's only played nineteen games, mm-hmm. and probably seventeen of those games when it was over, the whole other team was chasing him around, <laughs> trying to kill him. And that's what you want. Yep. It's okay for him to get punched in the face. So go look over here and leave Crosby, Malkin, Latang, leave all these guys alone. Go punch Friedman in the face. <laughs> So it's just nice to have one of those guys on our side, and I agree. I, I think that I think he's going to be right now. I think he's in the lineup, and I think you could see that Pedersen. It's costing Pedersen a spot, 
And I think depending on how the moves shake out, if they go get a, a higher profile defenseman, I think it could wind up being Ruedel that sits mm-hmm. and uh, Friedman being on the right-hand side on that third pairing. So uh, Monday's the deadline. So next time we reconvene, we will have an idea of what happened. And I think it's going to – I definitely think they're going to do something. I think there's going to be one or two moves made for sure. And it's just a matter of how big and, and what he can do because of the cap. So Stay tuned. Like Tommy said, we'll uh, we'll definitely bring you up to speed on everything that happened for, with the trade deadline on our next podcast. And we'll break it down and analyze it as only Tommy can. So stay tuned for that. But now, to borrow the line from one of my favorite announcers of all time, Whoa, Nelly! What a th- what we're on day three of day two. Really. Day really day two. Yeah, uh, NFL free agency and holy! I mean, you you have to you're constantly refreshing Twitter because there's move yeah. after move after move, and, and you just you can't keep up. I mean, the hometown team has made a bunch of moves. We're going to talk about that, Michael. Your Buccaneers are back in it. That started everything. Tom Brady announcing he's coming back. I mean. As I said, to quote the great Keith Jackson, whoa, Nelly. I mean, it's just been fast and furious. I mean, just one signing after another. And we talked earlier about, you know, where do these teams – I know there's a hard cap, and I'm using air quotes Mm -hmm. for that. There's a hard cap. I don't know where they get this money. I heard – I, you know, I'm not a finance guy, obviously, but (laughs) I heard, you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to make next year $61 million. This year he's only going to make fifty. Now, I know the salary, how much of the salary cap is that? But they keep saying they're kicking the can down the road. They'll restructure, they'll restructure and they'll add another and year. They, and, and, bubble, and, yeah. you know, like Tom and I talked earlier, he goes, yeah, I mean, he, he signed and they said that it, it lowered their cap number. Yeah. I'm not sure how that works, but the moves have been fast and furious. My Buccaneers uh, re-signed Ryan Jensen. Mm-hmm. Um, they signed Russell Gage today. They re-signed Carlton Davis yesterday, which I didn't even think right. was possible. That was a guy maybe the Steelers mm-hmm. would go after. Now they lost Jordan Whitehead, another guy. Mm-hmm. The Steelers, that was a possible Rumored fit. to Pittsburgh, yeah. Rumored to Pittsburgh. He was a pit guy um, from the area. Winds up going to the Jets. Um, we're seeing crazy deals like uh, Christian Kirk getting yep. – 16 million a, a year. year crazy I, he's a solid receiver but si- 16 if he's that's number 16, that's wide receiver one that's why and so what is Devonte adams going to make right. i mean he signed the tenure or he didn't he, he said franchise, he's not going to sign right. franchise tagged him he said he's not going to play on it so if christian kirk's worth 16 million then i, I would assume Devonte adams is worth double that yeah because he's, he's double twice receiver. the player right so uh, there's well, so a- let me ask both of you guys. So we'll get to the Steelers. Obviously, that's what everybody wants to hear, get, get our take on the Steelers and the moves they've made so far. But before we get there, Tommy, Michael, the, the aside from Brady coming back, which we know that's, the, that's, you know, in terms of impact, I think that has the biggest impact. What would be next on your list of the moves made so far? Well, I think the one that's got the most headlines is Russell Wilson uh, going to Denver. I mean – that just changes, you know, it changes a lot of things. It changes the NFC. It's one more quarterback out of the NFC and into the AFC. Um, I mean, I, I think there's now nine or ten, which you can call true franchise quarterbacks in the AFC. Loaded. And, I mean, in the, in the NFC, I mean, you look at it now, you've got, you've got Aaron Rodgers, you've got Tom Brady, and you've got Matthew Stafford. That's it. Who's the fourth best quarterback in the NFC right now? I, I that's a great I'm question. not even sure. Even I'm not even sure that you can. That you know, there's three quarterbacks in the AFC West that can match up with what the mm-hmm. NFC has. Um, so I think Rogers shifting out of the NFC more than into the AFC sets up something interesting with the NFC. 
Um, and I, and I, I think it's it's reshaped the way that Denver was going about it. And then on top of that, it has had a ripple effect. It's reshaped how how Sandy or L.A. Chargers have gone after it. I mean, look what they're doing. J.C. Jackson, yeah, huge I mean, they're just they're just you know, Khalil trade, Mack, Khalil trade Mack, for Khalil right. Mack. They signed J.C. Jackson. Um, I mean, they're they're going for it now too. So I mean, uh, I, I think that one's probably the one. The Brady retirement. I mean, look, he re, he, he retired for forty days. Oh, you know yeah. what he did? He gave up football for Len. That's what that's what he did. He said, "Ah, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to play for four. I won't talk about football for forty days for Len." Okay, Len's over. All right, we're back out of it. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I, I never thought for a million years that he was going to be retired. And again, it just you know everybody wants to go home to their families right, until they're home <laughs> until with their families. All these professional like athletes, they want to just go home and spend time, and they go home like, oh, geez, oh, geez. maybe I'll go back out the road. So. But yeah, so that didn't really surprise me. But yeah, I'd say Russell Wilson is the one that changed the landscape of this offseason because uh, I don't think anybody really thought that. And then the other shoe, we still have Watson. We still have Deshaun Watson sitting out there. He's going to move. Yep. Um, Cleveland is being rumored to be, you know, and uh, uh, I don't, I really still don't see that happening. Um, I just read a report on the way out here that if Watson doesn't, if Watson does get traded to Cleveland, that Baker Mayfield's not going to be part of that deal. That's going to be an interesting quarterback room. I mean, I'm sure there'll be a secondary move. Yeah, but, has, yeah Baker's but, uh, going to be gone. But, you know, Watson still has, a, you know, depending on where he goes, right. that could shape a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So, Well, the, the Watson thing is the, the, the problem Cleveland would have in trading for him is he's going to be suspended. Now, right. how many games, four games, six games, eight games, we don't know. But he's going to miss a portion of the season. So who's your, who's, who's your contingency plan is – I mean, I, I don't know how that dynamic, like Tom said, that would be interesting. You're Baker Mayfield, and you're holding the spot until right. this dude is no longer suspended. So you, you, when you're talking about, Tom said, the Russell Wilson deal for me was, like he said, the, the best deal or the biggest mm-hmm. move so far as far not just free agent signings but the trade because it, it, it it's making people go to Denver now. I believe they just got Greg, Randy Gregory. Randy Gregory, yeah. I'm not sure. He was going to sign with the Cowboys, and he said, nope, I'm going to Denver. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, and then, you know, Russell Wilson's trying to get Bobby Wagner to come to, mm-hmm. to Denver, you know, on a short-term deal to maybe try to make a run here at the playoffs. I believe, like he said, the, the J.C. Jackson and the Khalil Mack move, I think that makes the L.A. Chargers the team to beat in the West right now. They've mm-hmm. made – They've made the upgrades they needed. I think they're better than Kansas City. Well, no Kansas question. City now has their strap for cash, right? right? Mm-hmm. You know, they're looking to move Frank Clark. Uh, Tyrone Matthew is a free agent. So right. Hold on. They did they did restructure Frank Clark. So oh, Frank, they did? They did, oh, they they did okay. that last night, late last night. So they restructured his contract. So he's staying. But, yeah, they are still missing Matthew. And, and a couple Huge of Huge part of their defense. But also a, a couple of their offensive pieces, the fringe pieces. I think Byron Pringle's a free mm-hmm. agent. A lot the, the the Williams the running back right, yep. is is there gone. Williams yeah so I mean you know there's some it was huge for me too. in fantasy by the way um, yeah no I agree I I think and the one thing that, that has become abundantly clear for me now once again it's the off season all oh, they win the off season and the off season doesn't matter paper champs you, you hear it all the time but Denver looks much better Chargers look much better. The Bengals. We haven't talked about the Bengals. Their biggest weakness last year was their offensive line. They have to protect their franchise quarterback, and they've done that. They went out and signed Kappa from the Buccaneers. They picked up Karras from the Patriots in a trade. So now, all of a sudden, their weakness isn't so weak anymore. They've 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 plugged in some really good quality 
offensive lineman. Well, see, to me, you know, that winning, you know, everybody talks about, you know, the Cleveland Browns are famous for they're always the best team in March. Well, the difference between that is is the Cleveland Browns and like Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. Jacksonville made all these signings yesterday that, you know. Oh, they spent a ton of money yesterday. Yeah, but did they, did, you know, they're taking an absolute bottom team and they've increased it to maybe four wins. Right. What you have to watch for in free agency are the good teams already that make valuable pieces to take them to the next step. And that's what Chargers the LA, added, that's yes. what the LA Chargers yep. did. Yep. That's what the Cincinnati Bengals did. Those are the kind of teams that you take advantage of. You know, did Jacksonville win the Monday of free agency? Well, maybe they did, but they went from one win to four oh, wins. Yep. You take a team like the Chargers, you take a team like the Denver Broncos, they've taken significant steps yep. forward yep. from a good team to now potentially a great <clears throat> team. And those are the ones. They might only make two or three signings, but what you what you know, when you've added you know Russell Wilson, and then the Gregory kid from mm-hmm. Dallas, and mm-hmm. you're only two days into free agency. I mean, that's a hell of a start for a team. No, I, I, I think this. So far in this off season, we've seen more moves and quicker right. than we ever oh, have before. But I, I think it's an indictment if you look at all the moves that have been made and all the quarterback musical mm-hmm. chairs that have been played. We talked about this in a very early episode about the quarterbacks in the draft, right? Right. Now, that's what I'm seeing out of this offseason so far. It's an indictment on how these teams view this quarterback class. They're not sold on it because if Denver was sold on it, they would be, okay, we don't need Russell Wilson. We're going to draft our franchise quarterback. They didn't feel that that was in this draft, so they had to go out and get one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Every team has filled their quarterback position. So you're going to see some of these quarterbacks in this draft coming up slide. I mean, you're going to see them slide towards the, right. the second half of the draft. The Washington uh, Commander, Commanders, what, Commanders, whatever they're called yeah. now, uh, they they picked up Carson Wentz. I mean, that shows you you pick up he Carson sucks. Wentz. I know. I listen. I'm not sold on Carson Wentz yeah. either. But they feel this guy is better than anything that's in the draft. So it looks like teams are going to be waiting. And, and right. you know, these guys are going to get drafted. But how early? We were talking Malik Willis maybe in the right. top ten because of you know maybe Kenny Pickett at nine or ten. You're going to see these guys sliding into the tournament for sure. Yeah. No, Carolina's still sitting there at six, but they're in the Watson race. They are. Right. So I mean, they're from most of the things I've seen or read. It seems like it's Carolina, New Orleans, mm-hmm. with Cleveland as a third. Atlanta is the name has come up today, but I think that's more somebody leaking that to mm-hmm. try to drive up the packages for the other two teams. Um, but yeah, Watson. If, if Carolina doesn't get Watson, then I think. And really, if it's if it's Carolina and New Orleans as the front runners, one of them you would think gets them, and then maybe the other gets Jamison Winston, and now all of a sudden maybe they're out of the quarterback in the in the first round. So, well, so speaking of quarterback, obviously big splash by the Steelers first thing yesterday, Mitch Trubisky. So I'll start out, Michael smiling over here, and I agree because when the news broke yesterday. Uh, we were closed. The shop was closed. I had a little bit of time on my hands. So I watched a ton of film on Mitch Trubisky. You can see why the Bears were enamored with him. There's no doubt. You can see the arm. You can see the athleticism. You can I mean, you see it all. You can see when he's locked in, he can make his reads. And he goes to his second or third progression. But 2019, 2020, wow. I mean, there's no this guy has no accuracy. He throws the ball down the field more than 30 yards. Who knows where the hell the ball's going? Uh, that really scared me. I watched a, a breakdown of the of the 2019 season, and 
I mean, it, it was like, I'm glad they only gave him the money they gave him because after you watch his film, this guy is not. He, Tommy, you, you, you said in, in previous episodes, he's a bridge. They're going to see what they can get out of this guy, hopefully a little something. We knew what they thought about Mason. He, Mason's going to be a backup at best. He may be gone. Uh, Haskins, I'm going to predict Haskins going to end up being the backup. Mason's not even going to be on this team. Um, but unless Canada, Tomlin, who can work some magic with this kid, it's just not there. He doesn't use his legs enough. He, it, it's just, I, I guess that's the best way to describe it. His presence, his pocket presence, his awareness, he, it, it's severely lacking. And, and we all know the story. And he played one year of college ball at North Carolina. He had a great year, gets drafted high. But to me, you can really see this kid has not played a lot of football in his life. He, it's just not there. He just he doesn't have it upstairs, I'll say. Um, and obviously the accuracy is, is a huge issue too. But um, – yeah, this guy, my expectations, let's put it this way, are very low coming into this season. Well, what I what I can see out of Trubisky, and I think the best case scenario for Steeler fans, and, and hear me out after I say this, is that he turns into Ryan Tannehill. And, and, Fair. And, yeah. I, and, and mm-hmm. here's why I say that. Yep. Ryan Tannehill came into the NFL, flamed out in his first stop, mm-hmm. goes to Tennessee where there was a better team and a better system around him, and he wasn't asked to be the man. He was asked to manage the game and do the little things that get you over the hump. And he had a stud running back and a good defense mm-hmm. to play with. And all that's done for him is led to nothing but success in Tennessee. Now, they haven't won a Super Bowl um, uh, or anything like that. So, you know, I'm not saying that Trubisky's going to come in and win a Super Bowl. But what I'm saying is that's the model that we're looking for if you're a Steelers fan. That's the ceiling. I agree with out you. Out of Trubisky. Yep. yep. That he doesn't have the weight of playing in Chicago and being compared to Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, mm-hmm. who it's not his fault that Chicago drafted instead of drafting mm-hmm. one of those two stud right. franchise quarterbacks. He was under the microscope. Chicago's a tough town. Mm-hmm. He was always behind the eight ball because he wasn't one of those two. Um, I've listened to four different people in Chicago including Jimmy Miller this morning on, on the radio, who's a, a former Steeler yeah. quarterback and is the play-by-play announcer for the Bears. And I've heard the, the four people that I've heard watch him consistently, none of them could agree on what the problem mm-hmm. was with him. Um, everybody agrees that he's got the physical tools to do it. Everybody agrees that he's got athletic athleticism and mobility to be a mobile quarterback, mm-hmm. which the Steelers have been quoting since week eight of last year, um, that – um, Jim Miller was saying this morning that he thinks the perfect offense for uh, for Trubisky is a is an RPO offense, which was which we all heard can, a yeah. thousand times last year is what Canada wants to run. And I think that with the Steelers and what they're doing, they're trying to shore up their offensive line. They've got a stud running back. They've got a stud tight end. Um, that I think that they are trying to build this team around Trubisky, who still at best is only going to be a bridge to the next guy. I don't think signing Trubisky. Rules out them taking a quarterback at 20. Mm-hmm. I do think it rules out them taking Kenny Pickett at 20. Um, I think that if Malik Willis is still at 20, I think they'll take him because he's going to sit for a year or two. Mm-hmm. I don't think you sign Trubisky if you're planning on drafting or trying to get Kenny Pickett. Right, because Kenny's, Kenny's ready re- to go. He's ready to go. He's, he's not, not going to sit. He doesn't need to develop. He's not going to sit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's ready to go. So um, I, still don't, I still don't think it eliminates quarterback from the table. 
um, as far as if as far as Malik Willis goes, or one of the other quarterbacks further down the the draft if he if they slip. But I, I think that's the best case scenario. Trubisky comes in, manages the game, has to throw the ball 20, 25 times a game, um, and and they get the running game going through the you know right. building up the offensive line, things like that. Well, I agree, and, and that's what everybody's saying is you bring them onto a team. You surround them with a good offense, a solid offensive line, which I question they're doing that because they brought in one of the Chicago Bears offensive linemen, James Daniels, who was part of the problem in Chicago, for being honest. Um, and they signed Mason Cole from the Vikings, who the best I – and I read a ton about him. I couldn't find any film to watch. The best, he's a proficient run blocker. Okay, a proficient – that's fantastic and not exactly a ringing endorsement for this guy. Look, I'm all about competition, and competition makes guys better. And, and I think that's been their approach in free agency thus far, if I'm being totally honest, is they're, they're getting a bunch of shit and throwing it against the wall, and they're hoping that something sticks. Because yeah, yeah. I don't see quality here. It's I see quantity. quantity. They're, yeah, you're right. They're, they're adding a lot. As of evidenced pieces. by the money they're paying for these guys, which isn't a lot. You talk about depth, right? We, right. We've always talked about depth. We talked about the Steelers' depth last mm-hmm. year. I mean, we would see guys come into the games. Tom said, I mean, and he watches every Steeler game, and he would look and say, who the hell is that yeah. guy? Yeah, the, the signings, you're not getting any splash signings. But, I, again, I, and, and the, the problem I have with that is you're going to get what they are, right? There's no surprise. When you sign a Joe Hayden, you're getting a Joe Hayden. When you sign a James Ferrier, you get a James Ferrier. When you sign a Jeff Hardings, you're going to get a Jeff Hardings. When you sign a Mason Cole, who no one has heard the, who the fuck this guy is, that's what you're going to get. Yeah, I, I, I think the Steelers – I still think they might be in play for a quarterback in the draft, but I, I, I'm okay with the Trubisky thing. I, obviously, I'm not a Steeler fan, but if I was, I would be like, okay, you know, they they didn't mortgage the farm for one of these I, trades. Right. Okay, that was the model I thought they should take from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I know they've signed a bunch of offensive linemen in the last couple of days, but I, I always hearken it back to major league starting pitching. When you think you have enough pitching, get more pitching. Because there's always going to be something that goes wrong. And I, I still think they, you know, we'll talk about the offensive right. lineman in the draft, but I, I'm thinking that they got to go offensive line or defensive line and, right. and start building the team for the future. And I know nobody in Pittsburgh wants to hear that, that you're playing for 2023, but I, I don't think this team's a playoff team regardless. Not not when we just talked about, we talked about with the Chargers and the Broncos and the Chiefs and the, Chiefs and the Bengals. I, no, there's no chance. Well, I don't think there, there's no doubt that the rebuild started last year, whether people want to admit it or not. You know, they the, the line was completely young. They got Harris. They got Fryermuth in there. They started this rebuild last year. They're never going to mm-hmm. call it a rebuild. Well, that's what they're doing this year. You know, and, and as we were talking here, as you guys were just right. talking, I'm just looking on Twitter again. Tyrod Taylor just signed for two years and $18 million to be the backup to Daniel Jones and, and for the Giants. And the and the Steelers just signed Trubisky to a two-year $14 million year to be their starter. What the Steelers are doing is they are doing exactly what the Steelers always do, just in more quantity. They're signing guys that are finishing up their first contract. You look at the guys they're signing today. Daniels is 24. Mm-hmm. Mason Cole's 25. Um, they're signing. They, they're, they're signing guys that are young that still have the potential to grow a little bit, and all of these contracts are so are, are so loaded in a way that they could get out of all these in one year. They're not. They're not cash strapping themselves down the road. They're not making huge signings for veterans that maybe aren't worth it anymore. Um, and I, and they're leaving themselves a lot of flexibility. Well, I think 
They've got their. I think they were happy with their tackles last year. Whether you, as us as fans, were or not, I, I, they're uh, uh, Chooks a, a core four. And I'm not so sure. Don't forget that Chooks was supposed to be a left tackle right. last year. I'm still not convinced that when the season starts next year, that Chooks won't be on the left and Dan Moore won't be on the right, and see where that goes. But the the main problem with their with their team last year was their center was their middle three, you know. Uh, Kendrick Green should have never started last year. I don't know what they. I don't think Kendrick. He may not end up making the squad. Uh, he's going to make the team, but I, I don't know that what they're doing is is they're you know if Dodson, they draft a center guard early, well, Kendrick Green's going to have his work cut out uh, for him to but, make the squad. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. I mean, Dotson. They weren't happy with Dotson a year ago. Mm-hmm. He was out of shape, and they, they questioned whether he was really his heart mm-hmm. was into to earning a spot. But they gave him one anyway because they didn't have anything. Well, Dotson knows he's going to have to earn a spot. Kendrick Green knows he's going to have to earn a spot. Mason Cole, I, I think he's the, um, I think he's the extra guy. You heard Colbert say at the end of his year that he was frustrated that he didn't have that one extra offensive lineman. I think that's what this guy is. I mean, if you look at, they're going to have you know Mason Cole and Daniels that they've signed. They have Dotson and Green returning. They have J.C. Hassenhauer mm-hmm. who started the last two games at center. They have John LeGlue, who was the was the was the starting right. guard at the end of last year. So now you've got six or seven guys for three right. spots, and none of them are re, are retreads. They're all young guys. They're all mid twenty guys that are athletic, are strong. They're all physical. Um, I, I think it creates some competition. There's mm-hmm. there's something to be said for having to show up and earn your spot. And I think it's I think the competition's gonna is gonna help. And I think that it's definitely. There's no way they can go maybe any worse. So I, right. I think that they're making strides, and I think Daniels is gonna. I think Daniels is a nice pickup. I think I've seen a lot of things. Dale Lawley was that was his number one offensive lineman. Assigned. Let's not talk about the I gagger. Know, the know, gagger. My I still, yeah, I still think that uh, I, I think that's a good signing, and I think the other guys will be fighting for the other two spots. But I, but I also think Colbert, what the Steelers do, and they do such a good job of this every year, in my opinion, is they have created. They have taken out a lot of the holy hell, what are we going to do here spots. So they've gotten some guys in the offensive line. Okay, so there's not as much pressure there. And Def- my, my favorite signing, we haven't even talked about it. My favorite signing of all of them so far is Monty Adams. Right, and it's exactly it. So now when you look at the, you know, so the offensive line, there's arguably, and don't forget, you know, you still have uh, leftovers from last year that, uh, that are still around too. So, I mean, right now I think they have 10 NFL offensive linemen on their roster mm-hmm. right now. And who's the right tackle? I'm completely – who was the right tackle last year that never played? I'm Zach Banner. Zach Banner, yes. Yeah, yeah. So Zach Banner's still there. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have 10 – I think they have 10 NFL linemen on their team right now. Yep. Then you look at the defensive line, which we talked about early. Mm-hmm. Now you look at if Tuit, which all signs are pointing to Tuit being possible to come back. You have Hayward, Tuit, uh, Tuit Alwalu. Mm-hmm. They have Warmly back. They re-signed Montavious Adams. Yep. And uh, they still have Loudermill. Loudermill yep. So now they've got six defensive linemen. So now you look. So they've uh, and you take a younger guy in the draft, like you talked about last week. Yeah. Now you got to. Yeah, now you got to yeah. get now some you, youth yeah. in the defensive line. Then your defensive line is set. So, but the, but the immediate pressure now they've got their top six defensive linemen set. They've got ten That's offensive it. linemen set. Okay, running backs good, tight ends good, quarterbacks good for next year. They're, the the immediate needs are starting to slim down a little bit, mm-hmm. so they can get there, and then whatever falls to them at twenty, they've got some flexibility to jump around. And I think that's what the I think that's why the Steelers have always had success uh, or had a lot of success early on is because they don't pin themselves in their position like, oh, we have we got to take 
this guy. Right. And, uh, you know. No, I agree. Competition, the, the competition aspect of is very important. We didn't have it last year. You saw what happened. Hopefully that can bring out the best. I just argue, if you look, go back to the best offensive lines of Steeler, they had pedigree. There's no pedigree on this line. None of these guys come with any pet. Maybe Daniels, and that's scary because you know how I feel about he's part of that leaky Bears offensive line that is, it almost got Trubisky killed, and then last year got Justin Fields killed. If the kid wasn't you know faster than half the, you know three quarters of the league, he would have been killed. So I, I'm not a huge fan of that signing at all. Um, I, I know Lolly was mentioning it from day one. I, he probably got some inside info on that also, one. I Matt think they Williams, liked him. But Matt Williamson was talking about him, too. And, and I'm just not a fan. Watch I, the film. I yeah. Oh, I get and, it. I get he's it. part of the problem. So that's my whole thing is where is the pedigree? And that's what they're missing, right? I mean. Which if you it, look at it, though, I mean, Daniels was a second-round pick. Mason Cole was a third-round pick. Kendrick Green was a third-round pick. I mean, you know. But you know, I mean, where's the Marquise Pouncey? I get it. I get it. Right? I get where, it. Yeah. Is the, where is that one or two? DeCastro, first-round pick. But the, a lot of these teams a lot of these teams that have, have had success or offensive line-wise have been, you keep hearing about how they don't have the the, the, the stud one guy in there. They, you know, they've got guys that are mid-round picks and things like that. Um, and, again, we haven't gotten to the draft yet. I'm not right. so sure that the first pick this year is not going to be still an offensive line. I'd love I it. agree. I, I would love it. I mean, I, I agree. Because they need that guy. They I still need think the offensive and defensive line uh, are are in play. That's what yeah. I mean. They, they've they've taken out that we have to. Now that we right. can or we'd like to kind of things are back in play so, for them. So let's, let, let's take a minute to talk about – they still have money under the cap. They could get more easily. They could release Banner as you, Tom yeah, you mentioned. Yeah, I mean they've Banner, made nine. Schobert. They've made nine signings, I think, so right. far. Now Levi Walls, the cornerback. We from haven't Buffalo, even talked about him. We he get, just yeah. signed right before we went on air. Um, I mean, I think they've made nine. Love that signings. signing too. And all, I, I love the Levi Wallace sign. And they still haven't. I mean, they still have the Schobert contract. They can right. get out from under Banner. They can get out from under. T.J. Watt and Hayward, they can restructure. To it, they can restructure or cut. Right. I mean, there's still a lot of moves to make money, to make the money available. I mean, I, in my opinion, the next two positions are they have to get a safety. And, and they still need, a, they still need a, an inside linebacker. And preferably to me, an inside linebacker. Yes. That somebody, you know, a Bobby Wagner or somebody like that. Miles Jack, who Miles just became Jack, available today. Somebody that can come in and show Devin Bush how to play, mm-hmm. how to be an NFL inside linebacker is what I'm looking for next. And then if they don't address one of those two positions in free agency, then that mm-hmm. maybe that opens up to being in the first round. Right. And uh, I wanted to ask you, Michael, because you are our resident uh, draft guru. The Dean kid from Georgia, the linebacker that we talked about. Yeah, Nakobe Dean. Nakobe Dean. Yep. Is he an inside or an outside linebacker? Uh, he is an outside linebacker. He doesn't really fit what the Steelers do uh, just because of his size. Um, he's not – he can't play on the edge. He's more of a sideline. He can play inside linebacker, but he was an outside linebacker at, at Georgia. He's that sideline. He's like a, a – well, he's not Devin White because he's not as big and as right. quite as fast as Devin White. He could move inside, and if he falls to them, yeah, that, that's that's a guy. We haven't talked about the offensive lineman in the draft. Mm-hmm. And, I listen, I keep looking at it, and we know, like, like Ike Aquanu and uh, Evan Neal. Gone. Even, They're going to be long, Even yeah. Joe's guy at Mississippi State, State yeah. uh, Charles, Charles Cross, Cross is yeah. going to be gone. But the name that keeps coming up, and you you said it, you said pedigree, right? Mm-hmm. Pouncey was pedigree. Yes. Tyler Lindenbaum. I would love I mean, this kid. It, 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 he, he reminds me of Nelson. 
Quentin Nelson from the Colts. He's that athletic. Yeah. I, I mean, I've yeah. watched a lot of tape on this guy. This guy is so quick off the ball, and he gets to that next level. You know, he yeah. gets to that next level where the linebackers are, and he can clean those up for the running game. Um, he's a smart kid. I just think if he's there at 20, and when you talk, everybody's like, you can't take a center in the first round. There are exceptions to that. Just like they said, you can't take a guard really high. Quentin Nelson's probably the best offensive mm-hmm. lineman mm-hmm. in football right mm-hmm. now. It, it, I know it's not a sexy pick. I know that's not what people want to hear. But, I mean, you know, you got swing guys like uh, the kid from B.C., Z- uh, Zion, Zion Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. He can play guard. Mm-hmm. He can play center. He's a smart kid. They have him towards the end of the first round. A guy I really watched a lot of tape on was Trevor Penning from Northern mm-hmm. Iowa. He's probably not going to be there. Um, his yeah, he's his, skyrocketing up. Boards. His combine, we're now we're looking in between like ten and fifteen mm-hmm. or ten and eighteen. I don't know, but if he's there, I mean, you never know. Like we don't know the free agency's not over, so we don't know where these pieces are going to fall. There's going to be trades, but Tom said it right. You're sitting there at twenty, right? You don't have to take somebody. You just take the guy. You're like, this is the best guy, as long as he fits your system. Yeah, and, and I would argue now. Let's see. Well, you you said it. I mean, free agency's not over yet. Still a long way to go. They still have a ton of money. It hasn't even technically started. started. Yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 right, right. Whatever they call it, the dating period. Yeah, they, right. Yeah. Um, wide receiver. I think that's a huge question mark for this team. Still, Johnson. He, the case of the drops. He's came back at the, la- the latter part of the season. Uh, Chase Claypool, who I loved, but what happened to him last year? I mean, was this Ben? I mean, could it have been Ben? Um, you know, impacting some of these guys last year. We know Ben wasn't great. I don't know. We're going to find out. But I think the Steelers have a real need at wide receiver. Well, you talking the Steelers. What scares me about this, especially when I seen that Christian Kirk thing yesterday, I almost choked. Yeah. And it's no indictment on Christian Kirk. He's a solid wide receiver. But if you're giving free agent wide receivers like Christian Kirk $16 million a year, and I don't know how much of it was guaranteed, probably double that, 30-some million or something, I, you're you're talking. You want the Steelers to draft a receiver because yes. this is a deep wide it receiver is. class. You, you can get guys in the third and the fourth round right. that can can yep. fit what, what you're. And the Steelers for. are great at doing that. That is the one position they're notorious for finding guys rounds three, four, five, six. Uh, so they definitely need to address wide receiver. I don't think they're going to do it through free agency. Um, remains to be seen if Juju comes back. We haven't heard a peep from him yet. But given the money that Kirk is making, I don't know if Juju's going to be in line for a big payday or not. We'll find out. Well, what I'd like to see them do is i like to see them get an adult in the wide receiver room. And, I, and that's why I, I'm not rooting again. I, I, I respect I, – I, first of all, I can't stand Juju. All the, all the social media crap, you can go pound salt with that stuff. I got no use for that. He's fumbled away important mm-hmm. games in the, in, in the last couple of years. I got no use for him anymore. If he comes back – the only thing I'll say about him is he got my respect that he came back and played in that playoff yes. game. Mm-hmm. That was a that was a game that they had no chance of winning. He hadn't played all year. He hadn't practiced. He came back and played. Did he do that for the benefit of the Steelers or to prove the rest of the NFL how tough he is? Uh, okay, okay, one way or the other. <laughs> right. right. I, I'm not interested in really having Juju back. I, I, the guy that I would love for them to sign, and maybe he's different behind the scenes, but on the field he is no BS is Jarvis Landry. Mm-hmm. I would love for him to come in and be a slot receiver for mm-hmm. the Steelers, and then go into that room I, and, yep. and smack them two around like Mo and Larry. Like let Mo come into the room right. and take Larry and Curly right. and bang their bang their freaking heads together and say, "Wake up! This is how you be an NFL player." Because same thing I said with inside linebacker, there needs to be some adults in that locker room. There's not enough adults in that locker room, in my opinion. 
somebody like Jarvis Landry or another veteran wide receiver that could come in. And then I'd like to see them draft another guy in the third. I don't think they have to take him unless one of the pure stud wide receivers falls to them at, 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 at 20, uh, which is possible. Um, and, and they haven't done anything else in the wide receiver room, then maybe. But, you know, the guy – and I, we haven't talked about wide receivers yet, but the guy that I already have in my mock draft is Sky Moore. Oh, guy yeah, yeah. From, uh, from uh, Central uh, – uh, With Central Michigan. Yeah, Central yeah. Michigan. He's a, yeah. He's a Western Mac. Michigan. Yeah, he's Western, a Western, 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 yeah. He's a Mac. He tore apart Pitt last year. Yeah, yeah he's a Mac. He's, he checks all Academy the boxes yep. for a, a Steel Penguin uh, – a, a, uh, a draft pick. He scorched Pitt at Hinesfield. <laughs> he's from the Mac. He was he uh, went to school with uh, Tom, Dino Tomlin, with yep. Tomlin's kid mm-hmm. was over his house, so Tomlin knows him. He checks all the boxes. I know we'll get the wide receiver, but he's already in my mock draft yep. somewhere. But somebody like him in the oh. third round—that's how I'd like to see the the wide receiver room clean right. up a little bit. All right. Well, that was about forty-five minutes of football talk there. So uh, I think that'll that'll do it for this week. Uh, I'm sure we'll have a ton more for next week because there's still. Going to be a ton of moves between now and then. How many days are we till the draft now, there, Michael? Do we know yet? Uh, when's the draft? April thirtieth. Yeah, 28? So, yeah. We're what forty three. We forty three. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're getting counting down, baby. Yeah. That's see, a, that's my Christmas. That's another day. Yeah, that, 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 a, that's yeah, the that's reason I'm yeah. not married <laughs> because that's another whole weekend that I just you know veg out in yeah. front of the television. Yeah, no, no, no doubt. So we're we're counting down to draft day, but first we'll get through free agency. We'll. we'll We'll see where things settle, and then we'll be able to talk much more in, in, informatively about where we think the Steelers are going to go and, and what's going to happen. And that's the other thing that we talked about early on in our in our podcast here is that for Steeler fans, if you're out there, you need to let things play out in right. time, and mm-hmm. you're seeing that now in free agency. You know, yep. we talked about free agency coming first, and it's proven right. They're checking things off the boxes that four weeks ago you said we have to make this pick because we don't have anybody here. All right, well, now we've signed nine guys. Right. So that fills some holes, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's only 53 men on the roster. You just signed nine guys in the last 36 hours. Holes are going to fill up. Obvious mm-hmm. needs may become into play as we get a little bit closer. So you're starting to see some of that play out. If you're a Steeler fan, everything's starting to, you know, get a little clearer as we go along. Absolutely. All right, before we wrap up for this week, it's our weekly feature. It's the rant. Michael, you're pulling the microphone over there. He's ready to go. What do you got? It seems like every week Mark or I's rant is on pit basketball. And and this is the last thing I'm ever going to say about pit basketball. So we're we, never going to mention it again. No, no. Pit basketball is like Fight Club. We've never mentioned Fight Club. We're never going to mention pit basketball again. Uh, Mark talked last week about Jeff Capel possibly getting bought out. Didn't happen. The alumni were told Heather like we bailed you out once. We're not mm-hmm. bailing you out again. You got to figure it out. So we got a lame duck coach here. Mm-hmm. I've been a season ticket holder for Pitt basketball for 11 years now. And I told my nephew, Randy, if you up, re-up our tickets next year, I'm going to punch you square in the face. <laughs> I'm no longer supporting what they're doing with the basketball program at Pitt. So this is the last time on this podcast you'll ever hear me talk Pitt basketball again. We're better known as Fight Club. We don't talk about Fight Club. Well, um, as much as as you as the things I talk about, Michael, even though we've been friends for all these years, the more I talk about things, the less you know, and vice versa. I'm really going to go off the charts on this one for you, and it, it, you'll make fun of me for this, but I'll probably get emotional through this whole as I try to get this out. But I'm going to talk about professional wrestling today. Mm-hmm. 
And if you're listening out there and you're for a professional wrestler, you'll know what I'm going to talk about by these mm-hmm. two words. A-yo. Yeah. The bad guy, Scott Hall, uh, passed away yesterday at the age of 63. And, you know, Michael and I have fought about wrestling forever. And, you know, I, I grew up in a, in a, in a, in a wrestling family. So we always yeah. watch wrestling. It was, a, it was something that my dad and I bonded over, something that's just always been around mm-hmm. in our family. And Scott Hall is one of those guys that was just the, the bad epitome guy. of professional wrestling, man. He just got it. And he was not the biggest guy, not some incredible imposing figure. He looked like a regular guy, but, man, he got it. He got what it meant to be a professional wrestler. And he was so cool at it, he got a toothpick over I mean, he had a toothpick in his mouth, would flick it at the camera, flick it at you just to piss you off or piss off whatever. But he was supposed to be the bad guy. But you you, you just loved him. And And, created the greatest faction of all time. And he was, you know, in WWF, he was there originally, and he was Razor Ramon, Mm -hmm. and he was the bad guy, the cool guy, and all that stuff. And he did incredible things for his big – I mean, he was 6'3", I think 6'4", but he was in ladder matches and did all kinds of crazy stunts before they were cool to do. And then he went over and created the the greatest single wrestling moment of my lifetime where he showed up on WCW Nitro in a blue jean outfit mm-hmm. and you're like in it you know as we all know professional wrestling is a work it's 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 predetermined but when he showed up on TV that night and I was watching it and I can remember where I was I was sitting in my plum town house watching it <laughs> when he showed up on TV you just didn't know that was going to happen you look at it, you go Oh shit! That that is that that's and I didn't even know his real name. Right. Scott Hall. That was Razor Ramon. Was Razor yeah. Ramon. And it you know it was those kind of moments that just make you appreciate what it is. You know you don't take it seriously, but those guys you know those a lot of professional wrestlers died young. Scott mm-hmm. Hall had terrible terrible addictions like mm-hmm. a lot of wrestlers do because of the pain. You know yes the outcome is predetermined, but what they go through physically is hell. They're on the road 300 days. Ask Kurt Angle about that. They beat the hell out of each other 300 days out of the year. And these guys don't live long. And Scott was addicted uh, to a lot of different things. He almost died about 10 years ago, but he he got through it all. He recovered. He lived another 10 years. Um, And he was just one of the cool guys, man. And and as far as professional wrestling goes, you know, everybody talks about Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair and those guys as being the the best of ever. As far as I'm concerned, Scott Hall was was, right up was was my guy, and and one final time, Scott survey says, one more for the bad guy. Very well done. See, and that's what makes our podcast different and more entertaining from the others. We're going. We we, we cover the NCAA tournament. We cover professional wrestling. We'll cover you name the topic. We're going to touch on it, whether it's local, national, what have you. That's what makes ABC, we call it on Pittsburgh Sports, but it's on sports because we all have our loves. We all have our interests that we've had since we've been little kids. We're going to bring it here to everybody. So I'm going to touch on the one th- the one sport that we haven't talked about yet, the one Pittsburgh franchise we haven't talked about yet, and that's the Pirates. And this is going to be brief. Uh, of course, they settled. They're back. Spring training is open. Uh, Michael, you and I were talking about this last night. The Pirates. We don't expect them to win 80 games this year, right? Obviously, we're not dumb. So in that case, play the young guys. Play the young guys. O'Neill Cruz should be at shortstop. Done. Chavis at second. Castro should be getting some at-bats. Travis Swaggerty. 
If Matt Frazier has a good spring training, he should be playing on the major league team. What's the Stromboli that we signed? What what the hell's his name? Dan Vogelbaum. Dan Vogel. Dan Vogelsong. Ryan Vogelsong. He's, he's five foot nine, three hundred and fifty pounds. Uh, That's what I'm saying. Why? Yeah. It, Why? It, Mason right. Martin. Let these guys play. Yeah. That is the problem with the Pirates, and it always has been. If you're going to rebuild and you're going for the youth, these guys are close enough. Let them play. Let them take their lumps in the major leagues. But that gives us some excitement, something to watch. Well, maybe I'm not watching for vocal song. Maybe soon the Pirates will be like Fight Club. We no longer talk, talk about, about the Pirates. And with that, we're signing off for the week. Thanks, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll talk to you next week. Have a great rest of this week. Take care, everybody.